0: This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Bismillah, rahman, rahim. Alhamdulillah. As-salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillahi amma badu. We come to the next hadith, Ikhwani. tremendously important hadith. We're gonna try to finish all of the remaining classes within 45 minutes, try not to go beyond that. Today's hadith has a lot of benefits in the minhajah salafi, especially for you young brothers. Any new practice in Muslim, there's some things in this hadith that are imperative. And it's the hadith of Ali ibn Abi Talib, may Allah be pleased with him. Ali was the Khalif of the Muslims. So that means Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman had all died. May Allah be pleased with them. His Khilafah had a lot of tumultuous situations going on. Fitin, drama, civil strife between the companions and all kinds of issues. So a man came up to Ali in this hadith and said to Ali, did the prophet sallallahu tell you something special you and your ahl al hal did he give you a sir a secret that he didn't tell the rest of the community ali ibn abi talib became angry and upset with that question because the question in and of itself is a rejection of the kitab and a rejection of the sunnah because what the man meant was did the Prophet wasallam tell you that you should have been the Khalifa after his death instead of Abu Bakr and then Umar and then Uthman? May Allah be pleased with all the companions. As if the Nabi wasallam told al-Bayt some special esoteric secretive knowledge that he didn't give the rest of the community. Any Muslim who believes that that's possible, something's wrong with your religion because you're making tagzeeb. You're rejecting what Allah revealed and what the Prophet said and what happened. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So the man wanted elaboration. Now listen, this is really, really important. Allah told Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, ya Ayyuhar Rasul, balligh ma unzila ilaykum rubbika, fa'inam ta'fal. O Messenger, relay the message, give the Dawah, give the Tabligh, give the balag, Relay this message that you've been made responsible for. What has been revealed to you, go out and declare it and proclaim it. And if you don't do that, you have not relayed the message. وَاللَّهُ in Nas, And Allah will divinely protect you from the people. Just relay the message. So Allah threatened the Rasul sallallahu wasallam even in the Qur'an. That if he didn't relay this message, Allah would have seized him. It's not possible for a Nabi or a Rasul not to relay the message. So for someone to say, Ali, did the Prophet give you some special knowledge? Something that the other people don't know, this is not acceptable in the religion. And plus, it's Ta'in in Abu Bakr and it's Ta'in in the rest of the companions. How is it possible that the Prophet ﷺ wanted Ali to be the Khalifa and the companions didn't allow it? And this is what the people of Tashayr believe till this day that the companions conspire to usurp and to steal the Khilafah from Ali ibn Abi Talib, and that Ahl al-Bayt have some special knowledge. The Rawafit of Iran and Iraq, and Bangladesh and Afghanistan, wherever they come from, from Lebanon, they believe that the Ithna Ashariya, the 12 Imams, they have knowledge and they have a Manzila, a place that the Malaika don't have and that the Prophets and Messengers don't have. That's kufrum billah. And that's why Ali became angry. And this is important. This is important. If you look at these jamaats like the rawafid, and this is the problem with ghulu. When you go overboard in a personality or in a concept or an idea, no matter what is brought to you, you won't accept it. Wala in ataytahum bi kulli ayatin. Ya Muhammad, if you bring every ayat to these people, Ahlul Kitab, they're not going to follow your milla. So Ali radiallahu anhu said, no. And he swore by Allah. Allah never gave me anything special except what is in my sword on a piece of paper. And we're going to come and explain that hadith, inshallah. Despite Ali making a nafi, he said, no, it never happened. To this day, the rafidah still insist he has some special knowledge. They still believe that there is a Mus'haf called Mus'haf of Fatima. That Jibril was supposed to give the Mus'haf in the Qur'an to Fatima or to Ali. But he gave it to the Nabi sallallahu alaihi to this very day. They believe that. Although the one who they say they believe and they love, Ali, he rejected that. And it reminds me of something that happened during our time with the fitna of our dawah, that is... When Sheikh al-Albani described Sheikh Rabi' al-Madkhali as being the Imam, and the carry of the flag of a jahwa ta'adil, al-Albani meant something by that. He didn't mean the Imam and the flag bearer of a jahwa like al-Imam Ahmed, who talks about men and a jahwa to save the hadith. He didn't mean that. You're like that in this era, like Ali al-Madini, like Yahya ibn Ma'in, Like al-Imam al-Tirmidhi, these people are the ulama of al Adil, like al-Imam al-Bukhari. He didn't mean that. He meant that you, Sheikh Rabi, you know about the Ikhwan al-Muslimin, the people of Qutbi and Sururiya. You know about that. You know about that more than even some of the major scholars during that time. Sheikh Rabi knew more based upon the books that he presented. So now this fitna that we had came and some people said, well, Al-Albani said Rabbi Al-Madkhali is the imam, the carry of the flag of a jarh, Now if you say, I don't agree with that, I don't agree with what Sheikh Al-Albani said, and plus I believe he was talking about something else, that people of Hulu, like the Rafidah, They'll throw you off of the sunnah for disagreeing with that. You don't like the ulama. You don't accept the ulama. And plus the understanding of that SP in those people, the understanding of that is whatever Sheikh Rabi says about people, it's like revelation. You have to take it. And that's what ghulu does. It makes you reject Sheikh Rabi himself, Shafahullah, in dealing with this ghulu. He said to the people, don't say that I'm the imam and I'm the flag bearer of a jahwat deal." He said, don't call me that. I'm not that. A sheik al-luhidan, rahmatullahi Ali, he was asked, is there such thing as a jahwat deal today? He said, no. People call it that, but it's ghibah. The people are making ghibah. He said a jahwat ta'adil is in the books, books of al-hadith. So what's the point? The point here is, Ghulu will make a person reject something that is clear. The Rafada reject the fact that Ali radiyallahu anhu till this day. In Sahih Muslim he said, I haven't been given any special secret knowledge, not me or anyone else from Al-Albi. That's number one. Number two, this is important and that is, there's no such thing as special knowledge, secret knowledge. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa amana. he relayed the message and he took care of the amana relaying the message. In the end of his life, when he made the farewell pilgrimage, he gathered all of the companions together, over a hundred thousand, and told them, tell the people to be quiet, get them quiet. When they got quiet, you can see this sermon is all over the place. Go to the internet and read this sermon tonight. The Prophet said sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam," a number of things to the companions because he knew he was going to die soon. He was told in Ramadan, Ramadan, the ninth month of al-Islam, and it's right close to us. Dhul-Hijjah is three months after that. So he knew he was going to die soon. He said to the people, Don't do this, don't do that. Reba, take care of your wives and this and that. Don't be like this, don't do this, to that. And then he said, Ya yeah, Ayyuhanas, halballaq, you people, did I relay the message? The companion said, We bear witness, you, you you relay the message. You didn't hide anything. You didn't give anybody any secret knowledge. It is a fact that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Asarra ira ashabi He told some companion secrets But it had nothing to do with Holding information about the deed. He told Fatima You're going to be the first one That dies after me So don't worry You're going to catch up to me first When he said I'm going to die Soon she started crying And then he said come And then he started smiling Aisha said what was it? She said he told me He was going to die and then he told me, I'll be the first one to catch up with him, so I smile. That's a secret, but that's no special secret about the deen. Anas ibn Umayyad was a young boy. Then Nabi alayhi wa sallam said, come, come, I have a secret and don't tell anybody. And he sent him on an errand. His mother Umm Sulaim, when he came home said, What took you so long? He said, the Rasul sent me out with a secret, it's not manner. She said, What did he say? What was the secret? He said, Wallahi, I'm not gonna say the secret of the Nabi Wasallam. That's how our sons have to be. So if he goes out with you, and he hangs out with you, and he goes home, he doesn't tell your wife everything that you did, and everything that was said. You have to teach your sons how to be men. So that secret, I'm not saying Rasulullah didn't give secrets. I'm not saying in the beginning of Islam, the Muslims used to give dawah amongst themselves in darul arqam, secretively, out of fear in Mecca, that they would be hurt by the kuffah of Mecca. Now listen to me, this is important. The great scholar of Al-Islam, and the great Imam of Al-Islam, and the fifth Khalifa of Al-Islam, Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, remember this. He said, رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ إِذَا رَأَيْتَ يَتَنَاجَوْنَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى دُونَ الْعَامَّ أَنَّهُمْ If you ever see a group of people from our community secretly meeting each other and talking about things about the deen amongst themselves without the regular Muslims. So you're a new Muslim, you go to someone's house and they have a special meeting and gathering. And in that gathering they're talking about jihad, we're the mujahideen. They're talking about special things that the regular community, they don't know about. Then you have to know, Imam Abdulaziz said, when you see that, know that these people They started something that is astray, beware of that. And the Jama'at, that's what they all have. The Ikhwan al-Muslimin, Wallahi, I'm not here to bash anybody. But anybody has anything to do with the Ikhwan al-Muslimin. They know that you have the leaders of the Ikhwan, they have their own special meetings, with their own special information. And then you have cells, and you may just be a regular miskin, or Muslim, and you're getting directions, but you're not hearing everything about what's going on. The Rawafit have that. They believe that their Imams have special knowledge that no one else has. The Sufis have that. The man who's the Sheikh of the Sufis, his Muridun, he says, I got special knowledge. You guys have the knowledge, that's for everybody, I have the special knowledge. So if I don't pray, it's for special reasons. If you ever see that, then know it's a problem. And unfortunately, Ikhwani, we have those people who I said, the Qulat of a Jarh They have their special meetings. Their special meetings that are not for the A'wan. The regular people are just confused, who just follow everything that they say about people. Don't go to Green Lane. Don't listen to this one. Don't listen to that one. And the regular people, they're trying. They don't know. They just want to do the right thing. The leaders of that stuff, I'm telling you, they take a wamir from certain sheikhs. They make them emirs in certain... You're the emir of the Salafis in Iraq. You're the emir of the Salafis in Palestine. You're the emir of the Salafis, for an example, in Birmingham, in North New Jersey. And then those people, they don't come and tell the people what's going on. They don't tell the people what's really good. Leave the people ignorant. Listen, listen. Never, ever, ever be with a group of people, two, three, five, ten, where you guys are going by yourselves talking about the religion. I'm not saying that it's not permissible to come to my house or his house or that house. And we learn the Quran. I'm not talking about that. We learn this. I'm talking about you go to this guy's house and you're a special group of people. You go to his house, you're learning and practicing things about Islam that everyone doesn't know about. So I go there and my father doesn't know I'm going. I go to that meeting, my father doesn't know the information that I'm receiving. You young people, you find yourself in that situation, no. You're on the seats of Balala. You are building for yourself a problem. There is no special secret esoteric information or knowledge in this religion. Allah told the Nabi of Islam sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya he said, qul ya النَّاسِ إِنِّي inni اللَّهِ ilaykum جَمِيعًا am the nabi to everybody there's no secret knowledge for Abu Bakr Umar Uthman none of that it did happen it did happen when the prophet told a, per, a, a companion sallallahu alaihi wasallam whoever says la ilaha illallah is going to enter into jannah he said, Ya Rasulullah, should I not go and tell people that? He said, no. Because if you tell them that, they'll just rely on that. And they won't do any work. So someone said, but that's secret knowledge. That's secret knowledge. But he told the whole community in a hadith. مَن قَالَ لَا, دخل الجنة. من كان لا آخر دخل الجنة. Whoever says, لا الله is going to Jannah. So he did say that to that person and said, don't tell the people. But in other instances, he told everybody. So that's not a secret at all. I want to repeat and reiterate. These Jama'at are a problem. They are a problem. I am not here to bash any Jama'at. But I'm not here to bite my tongue neither. Jama'at, they have that. They have the regular guys who stay in the masjid, they do khuruj, they do 40 days, whatever. And then they have the leaders who sit together. And they have those special meetings with special information. And I'm not talking about administrative affairs that are not for everybody. The admin of Green Lane is not going to let everybody here know every single point about how they're running the masjid. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about knowledge and concepts of how to practice the religion. Never be by yourself. One, two, three, four, five people. Like never. Because you're gonna get in trouble. As Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, La خَيْرَ فِي كَثِيرٍ مِنَّ najwahum When people get together and they have these secret meetings, it's not a lot of benefit in it. Not a lot of benefit. Usually it's harm. Except for the one who orders with صَدَقَ and مَعْرُوف وَإِسْلَاحٍ بَيْنَ Nas, Then it'll benefit that you go Alone by yourself to three To solve a problem As for every Thursday you go to someone's house And they're feeding you these things Beware, beware Beware, beware So Ali radiallahu anhu He said to the man No, the prophet never gave us any special knowledge Not at all He said but I will tell you this I have something in my sword When you take the sword out That thing He said I have a piece of paper Of what he told me and this is today's hadith. It was written down, four things. The first thing he said, sallallahu alayhi wasallam to Ali, and Ali wrote it down and kept it in his sword. And that's the hirs of the companions about writing down, like we have brothers writing down. It's a delil that the hadith and the Sunnah used to be written down. They used to write down things, but only after the Quran was preserved. Rasulullah said, "Sallallahu alaihi wasallam." Anyone who wrote anything about me from what I said, erase it other than the Qur'an. That was the beginning of Islam. And then when the companions got stronger and stronger, they understood this is the kalam of Allah. And this is the hadith, this is the kalam of the, the Nabi. Because both of them are revelation, but Allah protected the Qur'an. So Rasulullah at the beginning said, don't write anything down. But When they were able to distinguish, he started allowing them to write down. At the Hajj, there was a man by the Kunya of Abu Shah. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I can't remember all of the manasik of Hajj. He told the people, manasikakum. The rice of Hajj, learn them from me. The man said, I can't memorize all of that. Rasulullah told the companions, Uktubu li Abu Write down how to make Hajj for this man. So the writing was permissible only after the preservation of the Quran was absolutely guaranteed. And this hadith of Ali is one of the delil's. He said, what he told me, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was, La'an Allah وَمُحْدِثًا اللَّهِ مَنْ غَيِّرَ مَنَارَ الْأَرْضِ May Allah curse Latin. May Allah curse the person who slaughters for other than Allah And may Allah curse the person who curses his mother and his father Billahi. And may Allah curse the one who protects an innovator He gives them safety and security. And may Allah curse the individual who changes the demarcations of the earth, the land. For an example, this is a man's land. This square piece of land belongs to him. And there's a mark. This, that, this, that belongs to him. His neighbor comes and reduces it so that that goes to him. More money for him. Anyone who does that the Prophet said he's mal'oon, sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. What about the one who steals the whole land? That's part of the culture of some of us where we come from. That's part of the culture. You don't want to leave your land back where we come from because how many people are fighting over that land? That's the hadith on the table for today. As a explanation of the hadith, ikhwani, first of all, al-la'na. Al-la'na is a big thing in Islam what it means is for someone to be far away from the rahmah of Allah. Like in the hellfire. Like he's living, but no rahmah. Problems, issues in his life. His life is tough. He has the ma'isha al that Allah called in the Quran. Rough and tough. That's what it means. And you should never say it. You should never say it unless it's absolutely necessary, in places where the Qur'an and the Sunnah allowed it, because it is big. And plus the Prophet said wasallam," about the believer, The true believer is not a person who's always talking bad about people. He can make a time say something about someone, you're a coward, you're a liar, but only when it's necessary. But then there's the person who is... Existence is, he's this, he's that, Mubtaji, Allah break his back, he's that, he's… Oh, come on man, come on man, I keep telling you stop breaking people's back. Why not make du'a for people? So the believer is not La'an, everything La'anat Allah, La'anat la'an And this is common in the Arab world amongst women, they curse their children. The Prophet was traveling, and the man got knocked off of his animal, and the man said, lanatullah on the animal. Prophet Muhammad said, Let that animal go. He can't ride with us. Nothing is going to accompany us on this trip. We're going to make jihad. We're going to go make Hajj. And you want something that's cursed to come with us? Your car won't start. Lanatullah on this car. Prophet Muhammad said, don't curse yourselves, don't curse your families, don't curse your property. The man is eating, as all of us have done. And in eating, you can't understand, how in the world did I bite my tongue under here? He bit his tongue under here. How do you do that? Not to mention you eat and you bite it out. He says, "Lana to law my tongue. Because he's so upset. It's anger. Prophet Muhammad said, don't do that, Latin. Don't make la'an on yourself. So that's the meaning of Latin. La'an allahu man li ghayr the first one. May Allah curse the one who slaughters for other than Allah. Slaughtering for other than Allah is a kabirah from the Kaba'ir and is shirkun akbar. Take you outside of Islam. Take you outside of the deen of Allah Jalla. But first of all, understand this, why did the Prophet mention that one first? Sahih Muslim, he narrated this hadith in different ways. Whoever slaughters for other than Allah was the first one. The second one, the one who curses parents. The third one is the one who protects an innovator. The fourth one, the curse of Allah be upon the one who changes the demarcations of the earth. Why was al li first? Because the biggest one, it's shirkun, shirkun akbar, not askar. It's, it take down own islam So if you read the Qur'an and you read those ayat where multiple sins are mentioned in one ayat or more than one ayat, you read the sunnah, multiple sins are mentioned in that one hadith, you'll see that shirk is always mentioned first. Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, ma allahi ilahin وَلَا يَقْتُلُونَ النَّفْسَ الَّتِي حرم اللَّهِ وَلَا إِلَّا بالحق ولا يزنون. Allah described the ibadur-rahman, the good servants of Allah, may Allah make all of us from them and make our parents from them and guide our parents to this deen and protect our children. Allah said that the ibadur-rahman are those people who they don't call on other than Allah first, Shirk. And they do not, they do not kill people who don't deserve to be killed. They don't murder. That's a major sin, but it's lesser than shirk. And they are the ones who don't make zina. They don't make zina. So zina is big. Murder is big. But he mentioned what first? In an authentic hadith, we mentioned it a number of times. Stay away from the seven sins that will destroy you. What's the first one? Whenever sins are mentioned like that with tarteeb, always shirk is first. Stay away from the major sins. What are they? Shirk. And then magic. And then murder. And then riba. And then and then and then and then. So he mentioned in this hadith again, do not make a dhabh. It's a major sin that will take you outside of the deen of Allah. As for the deliver for that, so many ayat of the Qur'an clearly establish that. Clearly, Allah az. mentioned in the Qur'an, Say to them, Ya Muhammad, My salat that I pray is for Allah. And my sacrifice is only for Allah. And my life and my death is for Allah. So if you make salat and you show off, like the munafiqeen, that's shirkun askar. Shirkun askar. Akhwaf ma akhaafu ala ummati. Al shirkun askar. Keel. wa ma askar ya Rasulullah qala riyak. The thing I fear most for my ummah is showing off. The show off. Shirkul askar. It's like the young person, your son, my son, your daughter, my daughter, who, they're in the madrasa, and they don't make wudu, and they know they don't have wudu, but they come and get in the line, and they're praying, and they know they don't have wudu, but they're praying, showing off, making people think that they have wudu. That's why you gotta let them know from that angle, when you're teaching about Tawheed, there's something you can't do our culture, we have this culture of keeping up with the Joneses who's gonna donate, who's gonna do that? a lot of times it's unnecessary and they put it out there on the loha so and so gave this, so and so gave that the best sadaqah is the one that the left hand doesn't know what the right hand gives the left hand doesn't give give with your right, take with your light eat with your right, drink with your right the left hand doesn't give the best sadaqah is the one in which the left hand doesn't know what the right hand gave because you did it in secret. And now we're close to the blessed month of Ramadan. The Prophet said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, آدَمِ Libni Adam. Kullu amal ibn Adam lahu illa All of Ibn Adam's deeds are for him, except fasting. Fasting is for me and I'll reward it. It's the only Ibad that people don't know what you're really doing. People don't know. So, as it relates to this issue, Khwani, this is really important. The lana of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this issue. Pray to Allah and only slaughter for Allah. Those are the that slaughtering for Allah, other than Allah shirk. Allah mentioned in the Quran about the kawthar. We gave you that kufr as a result of that, shukran lillah, ta'zim lillah, ta'atin lillah, Muhammad, we gave you that kufr. it's a ni'mah. So therefore, pray to Allah only, and slaughter for Allah only. So slaughtering for other than Allah is a major crime and a major sin, don't do it. And it's common in the deen of Muslims who don't know the importance of a Tawheed. Second issue, second issue, may Allah curse the one who cursed his mother and his father. Pay attention to this. Cursing a person's mother and father can be done in two ways. It can be done directly or it can be done indirectly. And both of them are a problem. Directly is the man saying to his wife, his mother, the lady saying to her mother or father, may Allah curse you ma, Wayadrillah is a big problem. May Allah curse both of you. This hadith is applicable. May Allah curse you. Or you get so mad and you say, I might go to hell. You don't mean it like that. I might go to hell. Both of you could go to hell. And there are people who say that. There are people who treat their parents like that. We're living in that time. We're living in a time close to Yomul as the Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam where the ama will give birth to her master. All of us have to pay attention to our children. We have to be easy with them. Even if you're a strong personality person, you better be easy because your children go to school, they're going to say, my dad did this, my mother did that. We have these issues with our children, no doubt about it. This is the time we're living in. Rasulullah used to make dua to Allah Allahumma inni becoming Yakum I seek refuge in you from having a child who becomes my Lord. Instead of the mother and father say, Hey, Ahmed, be loud, Sophia, you're being bad. Go get in time out. The child says, hey, ma, you go get in time out. I'm going, I don't care what you say. I'm leaving, I don't care what you say. So that's how you curse the parent directly. May Allah curse you. And who does that? The second way is, you do it indirectly. How do you do it indirectly? The Prophet said it, sallallahu alayhi wa ala wa sallam, إِنَّ مِنْ أكبر الْكَبَائِرِ أَنْ يَلْعَنَ أَبَاهُ From the biggest sins is for a man to curse his father. The companions found that strange, they say, Ya Rasulullah, will somebody do that? Yeah, we commit shit. we bury our daughters, we have this racism, we have all of this khurafat, we do all of this stuff, but we don't do nothing like that, we don't disrespect our fathers. Someone does that? Rasulullah said, Yes, a man will argue with another man and he'll curse his father. And as a result of cursing his father, that man cursed his father back and cursed his mother. So you are responsible indirectly for cursing your mother and your father. So cursing one's mother and the father, you can do it by saying things like I told you. And I don't mean that in a profanity way. My kind of Nabi Muhammad, وسلم, he used to not use foul language. I mean go to hell like go to Jahannam. Like the people say, damn, they don't necessarily mean a curse word. That's like in the deen, the deen of the Christians. Damned means to be damned to hell. You're mal'um. So if people talk like that to their parents, this hadith can be applicable to you. Not to mention those other hadith about al-walidain And you'll be hard pressed to find a group of Muslims, the size of the group of students who are here today, you'll be hard-pressed to find this many people in the masjid and not amongst a group or a group of people who are disrespectful to their parents. I'm talking about at another level of disrespect. So that's the second aspect of the hadith. The third part, may Allah curse the one who awa muhditha. He gave protection to a muhdith. So for those of you who are writing, write the word muhdith in Arabic. Muhdith, you can put the kasra under the dal, Or it could be muhdath, where you put the fatha over the dal. And both of the meanings change, and both of them are applicable. And this is why it's important guys, it's not enough for you to just come to this Sunday class and that's it. It's not enough for you just to look on the internet at this speaking, that speaking. Nope. You gotta get in some Arabic lessons. Because Arabic is the key to learning the, the religion. It's part of the key. So what does it mean? Awa and iwa. You know, Surah Al-Duha, Allah said to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, didn't Allah find you as an orphan? Fa'awa, use that word. You an orphan, and Allah protected you. Allah took care of you. Allah didn't allow harm to come to you. So may the curse of Allah be upon the one who gives the iwa to a muhdith. What's the meaning of the muhdith? First of all, the muhdith is mufa'il, is the mubtadi You protect him. You protect him. You look out for him. You give him Nasr. You give him assistance. You help his statements and his ideas to spread. You do that. You have a property, a group of innovators want to come and get your property and use it to make a Zawiyah, to make something. You say, no, mm -mm. this hadith is applicable to me if I were to do that. I have a religious reason not to do that. Another meaning of muhdith, muhdith with the kesra is a criminal, a mujrim. Someone who did a crime and people have to get their haq from him and he comes and finds you and you give him safety and security. He kills someone in the community. He robbed someone in the community. He hits someone with a car in the community. My little boy, three years old, may Allah protect all of our children, goes to a nursery, there was a, a school made of hairs, run over by a car and kilt. May Allah Uttara cause that child to be a hijab for the mother and the father, al Qiyamah. And that child is from anyway. We ask Allah to help those parents. I said, that's something difficult. Well, you know who did that. And you protect him. You have to tell that person, you gotta turn yourself in. You have to, you have to do that. Some people are from the Khawarij in the UK. In America. Wherever they are. And they're talking amongst themselves. Coming up with plots and plans. I'm gonna go to the London Bridge. And I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna stab someone. I'm gonna do this. There's a minister who comes to the subway, the underground in London. We're gonna wait for him. We're gonna do this. What? You're gonna do what? If you know about that? And you don't do something about it by trying to stop them if you can. And if you can't, I'm telling you from right here. You have to tell the authorities. Now there some people who will say, oh, you see, you see. I, I, you know, I don't really worry about that. Because I think people know me enough to know I'm going to say what I said. I'm going to say what I believe. I think people know enough about me to know that. Not to brag and boast. And you know my position as it relates to the po especially in America, the way they deal with my people, the way they the way they police us. I'm not a fan like that, of the oppressive ones. But if you know you're yeah, Muslim, that there are a group of Muslims, Shabaab or whatever, your friends, and they're about to do something, rob a bank, they're about, you know about them. There's, hadith says that you are maloon if you're quiet. So I say you go and you try to stop them. You tell his mother, you tell his father, you tell his uncle. And if you can't do that, and the last alternative is to turn him in, I'm saying from right here, you have a religious responsibility in this deen. Now, trust me, I don't really, it doesn't bother me what the people would say. Ah, oh, they're rats, see that's what the Prophet said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and it becomes even worse when you're in Medina he said anyone who gives protection to a muhtaddi anyone who gives protection to a to a in Medina then the curse of Allah will be upon him and the curse of the malaika upon him and the curse of all of the people Ajmaeen. and Allah won't accept from that person any surf or any adl he won't accept from any wajib these or any Sunnah these, and that's because Medina is a special place and look how many innovators are in Medina place of dhikr, innovation we went to Medina, someone blew up something in Medina a few years ago they caught them and it didn't harm anybody in Medina are problems so that is the third aspect of the hadith look, death with the fatah, what does that mean? It's the ism al-maf'ul. The curse of Allah be upon the one who gives al-iwa to an innovation. An innovation. He helps to facilitate the molit He helps to facilitate the khatam and the yarmi. How, how? He doesn't believe in it. But his relatives come and say, Can you give some money? Can we use your house? Can you bring your wife, your daughter over to us? No. I can't do that. I can't help an innovation. I can't give any protection to the ideas, the concepts of innovations being done. If you do, this hadith is applicable to you. Why? Because the innovation is a problem. So the muhdif and the muhdath As it relates to the last issue of the ikhwani, may Allah ta'ala curse the individual who changes the land, the demarcations. It's clear, it's because you're stealing his money. And it's a kabira from the kabair. Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, يَا أَيُّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تَأْكُلُوا أَمْوَالَكُمْ بَيْنَكُمْ بِالْبَاطِلِ تَكُونَ and, and t- and t- don't eat and devour your monies with falsehood. This is falsehood. The only way you can eat each other's money is when we're doing business. Here's my money, give me my car. Here's my money, give me my milk. Here's my money, give me the ride in the Uber. Here's my money, don't cheat me, I can't treat, cheat you. The man came. And he was selling dates. If You can imagine, dates in a wheelbarrow. Prophet Muhammad came and it had rained the night before. Then Nabi came sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. and he looked at the top of the dates and he looked okay. He started putting his hands in the date and they were mushy under those dates. They were mushy and soggy. Rasul said, what is this? If he knew the ilm al-ghayb, he would have never asked what is this. So you can't help people, your relatives who say, Rasulullah knows the ilm al-ghayb. He doesn't know the ilm al-ghayb. Qul ma ya'lamu. Nobody knows the unseen in the heavens and the earth except Allah. What is this? What What are you doing? The man said, ya Rasulullah, asabata al-sama al It rained last night and those got mushy. So I put those on the top. Prophet Muhammad said, take them from off the top and let the people see what they're getting. Let the people see what they did. None of you truly believe so you love for your brother, but you love for yourself. So I go to the place and I want to rent the hall for the wedding. And they give me meat and food in the wedding hall that they know the meat is old. So everybody at the wedding got sick the next day. Has that ever ever happened to anybody here? It only happened to me, African American, that's it. It's a conspiracy, it's a conspiracy. It has happened to me a number of times. But it may not be the wedding hall, it may not be that. It may be other things. As the businessman was selling to people that which we know is faulty. Things as simple as, I need a phone wire for my iPhone. And he gives you a wire that he knows the whole batch is no good. The whole batch is no good. And I've seen on social media where people come up and they buy things from people in India and other places, and the guy is slick. While the person's not paying attention, they do these little moves, and you think you're getting a particular weight, but you're getting gypped. And by the time you get home and realize it, that's it. So those four people have been cursed in the religion of Islam. And all of them are from the major sins. We're going to stop now, inshallah, 45 minutes for the rest of the darus that we have next week and the following week. And the following week, inshallah, we're going to suspend all of the classes until we get back from the Umrah bidnillah. First time making Umrah since COVID came. And they told us, if you want to make Hajj Umrah, you have to take the vaccine. I would have never taken a vaccine. So I took the vaccine, and then I took the booster. I am sick. I don't advise you to take the booster. The people were telling me, and there's a, the conspiracies. I used to not like that kalam. And I used to tell people, listen, this sin is irresponsible. You don't have knowledge. Don't talk like that. But for me, that booster made me sick. I'm not the same. Something is wrong with me from that booster. And now we come to find out they said, no one has to take the vaccine now. (laughs) So no more classes for two weeks inshallah. If I don't come back, listen, I wanna tell you guys, stay on the sunnah with balance and moderation. I saw a talk yesterday and I encourage you to do is check it out, my brother Sajid Lippam, Got love for that brother. Did an interview with a brother who used to be a student of mine and then he went to Al-Medina and he surpassed me. Masha'allah. His name is Abu Zahira. Abdullah. They did an interview about his days in Al-Medina. You should check that out. At the end of the thing, Sajid say you have any words of advice that you want to tell the people? He said, yes. I would like to advise the community to... Preserve and protect your Iman. These people are trying to take your Iman. They don't care if you remain on Islam. They don't care. You could be a Muslim, but don't be a real Muslim. Be afraid to say the truth. We're dealing with times of fitna right now. Fitna. Fitna in every corner and every angle. And people are asking you, in order to be a Muslim, be apologetic and acquiesce. That doesn't mean you're rough and tough, but preserve your iman. I'm gonna tell you like my brother said, Abu Hira. the iman of yourselves and the iman of your families. And inshallah, if we never meet again. Stay balanced in your religion. The Siratul Mustaqim, not too far over there, not too far over there, and the Siratul Mustaqim is what the companions were upon. The book of Allah's religion. The authentic sunnah of the Nabi sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the way the companions understood it. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.